0: Diversity has become a number one priority for businesses across all industries. While many leaders are spearheading diversity initiatives in their HR and talent management teams, there's another key driver in the diversity equation, sourcing and procurement. Supplier diversity helps create resilient supply chains and for the healthcare industry, it is mission critical to the patient and provider experience. I'm your host, Ellen Murphy. Today, we're exploring how supplier diversity helps healthcare organizations drive success and deliver high quality care. I'm speaking with Barry Hines, Director of Supply Chain Procurement and Supplier Diversity at Prisma Health. Welcome, Barry, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hi, Ellen, thank you very much for having me.
0: So first off, could you tell us a bit about Prisma Health and your role there?
1: Prisma Health is the largest health system in South Carolina. We have 2,947 licensed beds, 18 acute care and specialty hospitals, and approximately 300 physician practices. We have roughly 30,000 team members and serve about 1.5 million unique patients across 21 counties, which is about 51% of our total population. Yeah, we have quite an impact in South Carolina. My role in particular, I am the director of supply chain procurement and supplier diversity. I've been with the organization for 13 years and interestingly, and this is actually relevant to the topic, I started out as a volunteer. I was unemployed as a result of the recession in 2009 and I lived in Texas and I relocated, lost my job, lost my house, all that fun stuff that we read about. Mm And I came to South Carolina to move in with my sister and look for work. And I came to Prisma Health looking to volunteer, which is my passion. And I figured I would build a network that way. And I college educated, you know, had a great job prior to the recession, and I just had to reinvent myself. So when I got to Prisma, they said, well, the the purchasing department actually needs a receptionist with your background in procurement perhaps you could interview there and, and start, start there. So I, I did that, I interviewed with the then director of purchasing and I saw what they had as far as technology goes. It was DOS-based ERP system and I took a calculated risk and I said, I will answer the phones for you 40 hours a week unpaid if you give me an opportunity to interview for the next position coming up. And he took me up on it and within two weeks he saw my skill set. And brought me on as a temp and eventually as a buyer. And I have moved five positions up to the director of supply chain procurement. And the reason that's important is because I know the power of reinvention and I know what it means to start back at the bottom, to be told no. And I know how to pivot. And that's, that actually lends itself to this conversation about supplier diversity.
0: Yeah, that totally makes sense. That's a that's such a interesting journey too of how yeah. how you've expanded your career in yeah. that way too and mm-hmm. probably gives such great background to have so many different positions that you've been in. Yeah, absolutely. So, jumping into supplier diversity specifically, how would how would you define that or how do you view supplier diversity?
1: Yeah, supplier diversity is really a business strategy. It's the practice of intentional inclusion to ensure that diverse suppliers have a fair and equitable opportunity to bid on your products and services. It's another way to ensure that you have a diverse supplier base in your procurement of goods and services, really for any business or organization. You can further define it. Diverse suppliers, In broad definition, is a business owned and operated by an individual or a group that is part of a traditionally underrepresented or underserved community. Further definition, to be truly diverse, a supplier must be at least 51% owned, operated, and managed by that particular underrepresented group. That's a truly diverse supplier.
0: Okay, great. And why would you say, right? especially in today's environment, why is that so critical to healthcare supply chains? Supplier
1: diversity is critical in healthcare supply chains because we serve an incredibly diverse population. As previously mentioned, 51% of our population is served by Prisma Health. And it is paramount that our supplier base represents those patients that we serve. So beyond that, supplier diversity combines the best of our desires for a better, more equitable world and the drive to be a competitive leader in the marketplace. And healthcare supply chain right now is very, very volatile. Mm-hmm. And it is more important than ever for us to be competitive and to drive down that cost Additionally, supplier diversity adds economic value because it encourages the growth of diverse businesses. Diverse businesses typically are small businesses who are statistically proven to aid in economic recovery and sustainability of their communities. A supplier diversity commitment also benefits the company because it promotes innovation, provides multiple channels from which to procure products and services, drives competition between existing suppliers, thus driving down costs, and it allows companies to take advantage of new opportunities for business expansion as a result of shifting demographics for their customer. And for us, our customer is the patient. So we always keep the patient in the forefront of our mind when we're making any business decision, Mm -hmm. especially sourcing
0: our goods and services. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So in terms of when you were developing the supplier diversity program at Prisma Health, can you tell us a little bit more about your thought process for that? Any additional information?
1: Sure. Our goal has always been to take care of our patient needs. We we keep the patient in the forefront of our mind, even in supply chain. It's hard to imagine that, but patient care, really, we look at ourselves as, from the supply chain standpoint, actually one degree of separation from patient outcome. So with that in mind, we go beyond just the clinical outcomes and looking at the total health of a patient who also happens to be team members. It was important to make sure that our suppliers essentially represent us and our diverse needs. Also, as the largest health system in South Carolina, it is our responsibility to make a positive impact on our own communities. So helping to grow diverse businesses is one of the ways that we are doing that.
0: That makes sense. And based on how much of the population you're supporting, too, that's a huge part of the overall population mm-hmm. there, too. Um, so super important. So what would you say is the most challenging part of running your supplier diversity program? And how how are you and your team kind of solving those challenges? So
1: supplier diversity is not for the faint of heart. I will not even sugarcoat that. Yeah. You get a lot more no's than you get yeses, mm-hmm. even as an advocate and as an ally. I would say our two biggest obstacles are first will be time and resources to give to this initiative. And I'll explain that. And then number two, the concept of standardization across large organizations. So as far as time and resources, as one of the largest, well, the largest health system, but also one of the largest employers in South Carolina, it's fair to say that we have hundreds of suppliers reaching out to us To me, (laughs) in any given time. And it's simply not possible to respond to all of those inquiries. And that is assuming that they're all legitimate organizations the pandemic unfortunately produced some questionable business practices mm-hmm. and I'm using a filter when I say that okay <laughs> it, was, it was a pretty uh, pretty treacherous time uh, trying to discern between legitimate businesses and businesses that were looking to take advantage of you or well-intentioned suppliers who's just were in over their head and right. so when you add that to an already complex, Sourcing system time and resources were really not not readily available, so it was really became a full time job. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my first obstacle. The goal with supplier diversity is the first step is to get them in the door to mm-hmm. get to get that conversation with them. That's the first hardest part: getting them to the table, letting them feel seen and be heard but also be seen and be heard seeing them is very difficult so interestingly what I've developed is an email system I created automatic replies I had set up some rules in Outlook because I'm the person they're trying to get in touch with and I also the procurement side of my job I take care of patients my job is to also make sure that patient care is not affected that back orders are resolved Mm -hmm. that product is continuing to flow into the organization so I was not always able to respond to their emails. So in my, it's sort of an out of office, but it it goes to every external email that's ever sent to me. They will get an automatic response that basically addresses their possible questions up front. Your typical, you know, if you're a supplier wanting to submit an invoice, here's how you do this. And then it says, if you are a supplier trying to do business or looking to partner with Prisma Health, sends them to our website. There is a repository. They will fill out the supplier information, and then that will dump into a repository where I have access. And then it further defines, if you are a diverse supplier, then do the above step. And then second, email this person. And that person is our executive assistant. My vice president was kind enough to lend her to me a little bit to do some scheduling after some begging and pleading. So we have an arrangement. I have blocked off two days a month, eight hours a day. So a total of 16 hours where I devote, time to just meeting with basically kind of like speed dating with as many suppliers as I can fit into that eight hour period. So total of 16 couple weeks apart. And I block it off just for diverse suppliers. So the instruction to diverse suppliers is fill out the repository. And then step two is to email the executive assistant with your capability statement and with your diversity certification. Mm -hmm. And she will set up a meeting with me. And then I will see it on my calendar, and she stacks the deck. Last Friday, I had... 10 or 12 meetings, I think, back-to-back, and then I have the opportunity. I can see their capability statement ahead of time. I can Mm -hmm. do my homework, and I can reach out. If I see on the capability statement, hey, I might want to bring in some extra resources, maybe somebody from IT or somebody from pharmacy, I can have them jump on the call. It's just 30 minutes so that they can share with me about their business and about their, their capabilities. And so that's the first step, is having them feel seen and heard, but actually being able to see them and being able to find out what their needs are the second obstacle, that's that's a really tough one. That is standardization. And small businesses, when I use the word standardization with them, their eyes kind of roll in the back of their head because that's, that's usually a killer for their business. They are asking us, to carve out a piece of the business from this massive standardization model Mm -hmm. that we have. And again, we have 30,000 employees, 18 hospitals, 1.5 million patients. And the only way to drive down cost is to standardize, is to standardize your products that you use. And in supplier diversity, I am actually going against that, or at least asking um, the contracts team to consider carving out something maybe for one of the smaller hospitals. So standardization for me, is explain to the the supplier in that 30-minute call, here's where I'm an expert. I am an expert at med surge supplies and taking care of the patient. I am also an expert at networking, and I happen to be passionate about supplier diversity and diversity, equity, and inclusion in particular. So what I promise to them is, I see you, I hear you, now I'm going to connect you with the the department that is the subject matter expert over that area, whether it's pharmacy, food and nutrition, IT, they are the subject matter experts, they are the decision makers, mm-hmm. so I connect them with those departments who they otherwise would not have any visibility of who those people are. Out of 30,000, I'm the most visible when it comes to supplier diversity. And from there, I explained to them, now the work is up to you. The hard part is up to you. Uh, You have to sharpen your pencil and you have to be competitive. This is not an affirmative action type of situation. You must be competitive regardless of who you are. Because at the end of the day, our cost increases or decreases would affect patients. And so we always keep that in mind. When, when you look at any type of supply chain as consumers, Our prices, our personal prices go up because cost is going up. Mm -hmm. That's no different than healthcare. So we work incredibly hard to drive down that cost. And so we expect our diverse suppliers to be just as competitive, if not even more competitive. So I explained to them, step two is the hard part. The easy part's meeting with me. I have figured out how to meet with you and include you and get you to my table. And now I'm going to serve you to the next table. Mm -hmm. But the hard part is up to you and, and you have to prove that you are a sustainable organization and that you can help us serve our patients. Even if that is carving out one hospital out of our 18, which is what we do, we'll say, well, okay, we have 18 hospitals. Can we carve out one of the smaller hospitals and have you sell us supplies just for this one hospital and see how that goes? Mm -hmm. And with the intention of perhaps growing that business. But step two is the hard part and that's up to them.
0: That's great. That's really cool that you've presented this opportunity for these diverse suppliers too, to meet with you too and have a place to start at the very least and then hopefully work with as many of them as you can. Mm-hmm. So how is Prisma Health's diverse supply chain helping your team navigate, especially now with economic uncertainty and then everything we've had with supply mm-hmm. chain volatility? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. I have actually been talking about the
1: usefulness of supplier diversity since Ebola, believe it or wow. not. And e- Ebola isn't something we even talk about anymore. We mm-hmm. only talk about COVID. But this goes back from my personal experience at Prisma Health goes back to Ebola. So I'll combine the two. What we saw and what we see in times of crisis the feel-good and economic impact of diverse suppliers really rising to the table and pivoting with us as quickly as we had to pivot, right? That was the name of the game in 2020 and right. 2021. You pivot, everyone <laughs> pivots. And healthcare was no exception. We, we were the first group to have to pivot, right? Because PPE sure. and, and shortage of supplies. And what was so really beautiful, I'll be honest with you, it was very beautiful to see small and diverse businesses, showing up at our docks and before the big guys of the healthcare supply chain, right? Everyone knows who they are, the big distributors. They get the lion's share of the business. That's just the way it is. Right. But they're not open on weekends and they're not open before eight o'clock in the morning. And, you know, when FedEx isn't delivering because of a hurricane that hit their hub in one of the southeastern states, our supplies don't get to us. Mm That doesn't mean anything to a diverse supplier. Diverse supplier will get in their car and they will drive to our dock and be standing at our dock. And I'm literally talking, our docks are built for 18 wheelers and they will show up in their, you know, four door sedan standing at the bottom of the dock and wow. they will have supplies for us. And that is that is a true story. I've that's had suppliers amazing. standing at the bottom of a dock with boxes to hand us, samples, anything they could do to help us take care of patients, which ultimately were their neighbors, their community. And we had small, diverse businesses showing up out of the woodwork during both crises with Ebola and with COVID over the weekends. You know, the CDC is notorious for changing regulations. And I remember, especially with Ebola, as new clinical cases would come out, they would learn, well, you need to use this type of PPE or that type of PPE to protect yourself. And we had a situation where one of our suppliers, he was a minority business who, based out of Maryland, actually had opened up a warehouse in South Carolina because of us, so that they could store their supplies there for us. We called him out of a deer stand one weekend. This was during Ebola. Wow. CDC changed their guidelines, and we've got to get our hands on this product ASAP. And that supplier had that product at our doorstep that Monday morning before the big guys ever even open their doors and turned wow. their call center on. And so diverse suppliers know how to pivot. They live and breathe that concept of pivoting. And they know that right, wrong, or indifferent, they have to be better. They have to be more agile than the big corporations. I, I look at it as like a huge freight liner. The big guys are the big freight liners. And then you've got the small diverse businesses, which are like little speedboats. Mm-hmm. And you can't turn a freight liner around in the middle of the night. Speedboat can stop, pivot about face and get get the job done before the freight liner even thought about turning around. And that's how I equate diverse suppliers for our supply chain. They, they've come through in the most magnificent way. If I could write a book about it, I would.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, that's super valuable for you as a health system Mm -hmm. to have those relationships with an abundance of of those diverse small suppliers. That's Wow, that's really compelling. So going into, how would you say, you've touched on this a bit, but how does this impact patient care and the Mm -hmm. clinician experience as well?
1: Well, just to feed off what we just talked about. So going back to that last example, it's a very simple statement. there's no disruption in patient care that's 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 Great. it, full stop. that when diverse suppliers are in the in the mix, we don't have not to say we would have a disruption with normal business, mm-hmm. but diversifying our sourcing strategies ensures that there is no disruption. So if the larger organizations have back orders which are abundant. Mm -hmm, Uh, We see that just as personal consumers. I guarantee you we can reach out to a diverse supplier and they will be able to either get us a small supply of that product to get us through or they will be able to get us something comparable. And that really boils down to relationship management. They have relationships with C-suites. They go to lunch, play golf with Various people that they have access to that some of the larger organizations, it's just a lot of red tape to get through. And Mm -hmm. when you're talking about these small and diverse businesses, part of that pivoting is this relationship management. So at the end of the day, it all translates to better patient care. It all translates to they help us prevent the disruption of product coming in. So when you have overnight orders, stat orders, which is common practice in a non-pandemic world, you know, we have the operating room, you have new surgeries come in or traumas come in and you have a new clinical need, we need an overnight product. That's that's the name of the game in healthcare. Diverse businesses can help us achieve that.
0: That makes sense. They're super valuable. When a crisis, mm-hmm. something unexpected hits, you, Absolutely. Need, you need those relationships. So that's really valuable. So what role does technology play in helping you manage your supplier diversity program?
1: So data is the name of the game as far as supplier diversity. You're looking at either the feel-good reasons of why we should diversify our our sourcing strategies, but then you also look at the economic reason. The only way, the feel-good, you can't measure that. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't measure feelings in that way. So right. it is what it is. It's the right thing to do. But how do you how do you know you're being successful is the data. You look at data. We measure the tier one and tier two diverse spend. For those who don't know, tier one spend is uh, dollars that go right into the hands of those diverse suppliers. So if I were a woman owned business and you pay me for a you know product or service and you pay me directly, that is tier one woman-owned spend. Okay. Tier two spend is diverse suppliers selling their products through a distributor. So you're really much smaller organizations, uh, companies, diverse companies that maybe could not handle the volume that we would have, they would sell to a distributor. So we track tier two spend as in, hey, how much of Prisma House money is actually going to a tier two supplier? And so we track both tier one and tier two. Tier one is very easy to track. You can mark this business as woman-owned and run a report every month, every quarter, and find out how much actual dollars went into their pocket. Tier two spend is harder to track because it requires self-reporting. So Mm -hmm. the organization that we're purchasing these goods through and I have to have a relationship where they submit our spend. Hey, Prisma, you spent X amount of dollars with us this quarter, and of that money, here's how much of it went to, and then they'll break it out, minority women, better known, and then we can track it that way. And again, that's about relationship management. It's contingent upon the supplier reporting that. But anyone in the diversity space knows what Tier 1 and Tier 2 is, and that's the technology that we use. We, we track through data, and you can look and see, based on who we're purchasing from, where our gaps are, okay. you know, if you buy a lot of pharmaceuticals from diverse businesses or food and nutrition, but hey, not a whole lot of IT supplies, IT services. Hmm. Do we have minority suppliers in the IT space? If we do, we're clearly not reaching them. Or if we don't, then how do we help grow diverse businesses and in the IT business? So you can see gaps in where you don't see a lot of diverse spend. Is it A, because you are not reaching them? Or is it B, because there's not a lot of diverse suppliers that are actually in that space. So the, the data is what talks to us.
0: Yeah, that's super interesting. And related to that, how are you measuring your success in that area too? Mm-hmm. Do you have certain criteria of tier one mm-hmm. you want to go for or tier two? Or how, how do you kind of determine what success looks like in that yeah. area?
1: We set goals every year. I have my own goals for my role and my position. And the organization has goals too. Every every organization that works in the supplier diversity space has some type of measurable goal. Some of it is percentage of spend. Sometimes it's dollar spend. And whatever you choose, you measure against that. And again, okay. you try to increase that every year, get a little more aggressive and right. a little more you know lofty in your goals. And essentially we look and say, this is how much money we want to spend based on our need, based on what we know we currently spend. We think we can spend about this much money with diverse suppliers. And we measure our own selves against that. And we report, that to our board of directors that these are the initiatives that we we are taking to ensure that we have diverse spend in addition to that we have contracts with hundreds of suppliers and we use a group purchasing organization to help us with those contracts and we have been very successful in rewriting our rfp language so that it helps encourage prime suppliers to establish a diversity program, a supplier diversity and or a diversity program if they don't already have one. And we help coach them on exactly how to do that. But it lets them know that our expectation as your customer is that you have addressed this issue, you acknowledge it, and you have actionable and measurable goals in your organization mm-hmm. as our prime supplier and as a partner for us, that you share our values and and our vision. And so that's another way we track is to make sure that we're helping move the needle and continue that conversation outside of Prisma Health walls, but actually planting that seed in our prime suppliers' mind. And if they don't have one, they say, wow, Prisma Health is very serious about this. They've written it into their contractual language that this is the expectation.
0: That's super interesting. And that's super helpful for those prime... Supplier organizations, too, because then if they have diverse suppliers as well, Mm -hmm. then they aren't going to be, oh, we're out of this certain supplies. They can't give it to any of their customers, too. So it's, you know, a win win Mm -hmm. to helping the diverse suppliers, but then also for those prime organizations. It also,
1: you know, it also adds to the economic impact. So we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier, it's not just about it feels good and it's the right thing to do. I'm a feeling type of person. So that is very exciting to me. Right. But if you want to look at the economic impact, diverse businesses pour billions of dollars into the economy. And when you help move that conversation and you help raise that awareness for a prime supplier, for example, it may not have a diversity program. And then they start one because you said this is something that's very important to us. We're the largest health system in South Carolina. Our input is very valuable. And so if Prisma Health says this is important, it must be important important And so if they start growing their program, then imagine the the businesses that, that that would impact and the economic impact it would have in that organization state wherever they are located. So it really has a downstream impact. Beyond just Prisma Health, you know, we, we are, of course, concerned about our patients. That's mm-hmm. who we serve. But we're also concerned about the entire economy, the American economy and, and beyond. And if we can move that needle and move that conversation with suppliers outside of, of us, then it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely helps patients in other parts of the country and in other places as well, to yeah. making sure they aren't without and the clinicians there as well, too, have the supplies they need. So just looking ahead in terms of other organizations that don't have supplier diversity programs or aren't in as robust of a state as you are at Prism Health, what advice would you give to those healthcare teams that are just really looking to get a program built up?
1: Honestly, I like to talk to organizations that don't have one, that are forming one, because it's easier to start from scratch than it is to just start midstream. Okay. So it all starts with leadership from the C-suite down. Your leaders must be strong and committed to doing more than just checking that box of compliance, but actually moving the needle in supplier diversity takes perseverance and creativity. And truthfully, it is not for the faint of heart. You do get told no a lot more than you get told yes. Mm -hmm. If supplier diversity were easy, then we wouldn't even have a need for this department. I like to look at it this way. We are all diverse. Our entire community, our state, our country, we're diverse. You can look around the landscape and you can see diverse populations, cultures, race, religions, Mm -hmm. genders, But that doesn't mean we are inclusive. And so supplier diversity focuses on being intentionally inclusive. And there is a saying in the supplier diversity space that there is one thing being asked to the party and there's another thing being asked to dance. And so, what we strive to do is actually asking our diverse suppliers to to dance with us, yeah, not just show up at the party. They're already at the party. We're all at the party, but dancing is a different story. And so it really does start with leadership. And we talk a lot about not checking that box of compliance and just saying, "Hey, are we compliant? Are we doing? Are we doing our job? Do we, you know, Did we do the bare minimum? That's what you don't want to do in supplier diversity. If you're really passionate about this work, then you're going above and beyond just just compliance and saying, yeah, we're, we're checking this box and we're doing the bare minimum. The hard thing is to ask, instead of why, why should I bring this supplier to the table? You actually need to start saying, why not? Why not bring them to the table? They bring innovation to the table. They bring competition to the table. And so it starts with with leadership. And the other thing I would tell somebody who hasn't gotten into this space is don't get disheartened. Don't don't let the nose, of which there will be many, mm-hmm. don't let them steer you away from your mission. I have had some pretty rough Years, it felt like sometimes where I just don't feel like I'm making an impact, but I I just can't measure my success on that. If I keep listening to them, I keep hearing them, I keep bringing them to the table, it's going to stick somewhere. And it's not a lack of desire to help folks get this business. Nobody at Prisma Health wants to not give them the business. It's does it make good business sense and will it take care of our patient care in in the long run? What is our overall Trajectory? Are we changing products and this this supplier just doesn't fit our need? You know, we have very legitimate reasons why a supplier just won't fit for our needs and right. our patient needs. But in supplier diversity, we're just trying to get them to give them a chance and take a chance. But it has to be a very careful and calculated chance because, again, at the end of the day, it's always about the patient. The patient is at the end of that line. And Mm -hmm. we, again, in supply chain, we're one degree away from the patient. So we keep that in the forefront of our mind at all times. But it all starts with leadership.
0: That's great that at Prisma Health, you have those leaders in your organization that are so devoted to the cause too. Super valuable. So looking ahead at the next couple years, what would you say are your goals for supplier diversity at Prisma Health?
1: I'm not sure if you could tell I'm passionate about this.
0: (laughs) Of course, it's wonderful.
1: I'm just very, very passionate about bringing the underrepresented and underserved to the table. Mm -hmm. It's a personal passion outside of work as well. And so I'm able to marry the two. And so what I would love to see with Prisma Health is that we just continue to grow the program. I mean, the name of the game is to grow. That's the name of the game for anybody in supplier diversity is just continue to grow mm-hmm. our footprint and continue to bring in these diverse suppliers. My smaller tangible goals for the next year are to continue to meet with the diverse suppliers this twice a month, which is 100% dedicated time to diverse suppliers. And Side note, non-diverse suppliers may say, well, what about us? You are being seen and being heard. You you have a voice at the table already. Mm -hmm. Maybe not your specific business, but you have a voice at the table. You are the voice at the table. And it is my job specifically to make sure that the voices that are being drowned out are getting heard, that I am actually looking for them in that crowd, that sea of voices, and I'm bringing them to the table. So my job is very, very specific because all suppliers matter and they all, at the end of the day, are taking care of patients, but the non-diverse suppliers are at the table. We see you. You have the lion's share of the work. And so I really enjoy things like this podcast where I can continue to get the word out about the importance with large organizations. And this message is really for people who are are not yet in the supplier diversity mm-hmm. space. Folks in the supplier diversity space, we all know exactly what we're talking about. So when I go to these supplier diversity events, we're all pretty much in that space and we we understand the mission and we're helping collaborate and, and further that mission. But what I want to continue to do is have speaking engagements where We can talk about the importance in healthcare. We can talk about the importance of leadership buy-in with supplier diversity and make sure people understand this is not just about, I keep saying this because it's so true, it's not just the feel-good, warm fuzzies. I love those. Don't get me wrong. But there is such an economic impact in diversifying your sourcing strategies, and it would help our entire economy. It's kind of hard to see how people don't see that when you when you say this is this is huge for our economy if we just take a step back look at the big picture and look down the line not just tomorrow not just at the end of your fiscal year but look down the line at how much money these diverse businesses could pour are already pouring but if we continue to pour into them how much they would pour back into our economy their communities their Mm -hmm. underrepresented communities which will then lift up our economy i mean it's It's one plus one equals two as far as I'm concerned. Totally. So I continue to speak about it and raise awareness and make sure people understand that this isn't just a pocket department and we just talk about diversity over here. It's not a token department. Mm -hmm. That supplier diversity should be integrated into every aspect of what you do in supply chain and healthcare. And again, it's not organic. It will always have to be intentional. If it was organic, then the need wouldn't exist. And then the last thing that I plan to do is in the next, the last two years have been a bit of a blur in healthcare. So once the smoke clears and we we get our go ahead to have these types of events. We plan to have a supplier diversity event at Prisma Health at least two because we our footprint is pretty massive. So we would need to have it geographically split into two locations. And the plan there is I can go to conferences all day long, but I'm not bringing the pharmacist with me and the food and mm-hmm. nutrition and and IT they can't all go. So the goals to bring the suppliers to us and then I can get the subject matter experts in the room with me and we can have a conversation and hopefully move the needle in that way but yeah i have lofty goals for oh, sure. that's
0: wonderful it's great that you can be this advocate for something that yes does help does help the community and feels good to do but mm-hmm. is also business critical and essential yeah. to patient care so it's yeah. it's Helping everyone, yeah. <laughs> if we can adopt this more so, so that's
1: where I think people just struggle. I, I again, I keep shouting it from the rooftop, but it's it's mission critical. You just said exactly what I've been trying to say probably for the last few minutes. It's mission
0: critical, and it really is more than just it's the right thing to do. Right, that's wonderful. Yeah, awesome. We've been talking about supplier diversity in healthcare with Barry Hines from Prisma Health. Don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host, Ellen Murphy, and I hope you have a great work day.